Welcome back for Mum Talk Series 6, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum, from pregnancy to life now with a baby, sharing all the highs and all the lows. As we go through this series, I will be joined by knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, and also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk, Series 6, Episode 10. Do you know what that means? It means this is the end of Series 6. Don't you worry though, I'm saying it with a smile on my face because I know, me being me, and me being me with a fair amount of time at home, I imagine in the next few weeks, months, there will be some bonus episodes coming on and plus I'll be able to do some really nice planning for series seven. Now I know, which of course there will be, of course there will be, I know this series has been really chilled. Thank you for sticking with me. Loads of you wanted to hear more from me. Loads of you wanted to hear from guests as well. I know I haven't had so many guests on. So thank you for sticking with me through this series. It has been what I needed. So selfishly, it it really has been what I needed just to take a little bit of a step back to regroup. um, And series seven will be everything you guys want it to be because I'm going to ask you what you would like to hear. Uh, But that'll come a little bit. We will focus on this episode for the moment. So to um, address the big elephant in the room, which it's not really anymore, elephant on the planet, trampling on the planet, uh, coronavirus. Now I'm only going to mention it very briefly because it of course is the reason for the podcast being late. Um, It is Wednesday morning right now at 9 o'clock so of course this isn't going live at 6am but you're still getting it on Wednesday so this is as fresh as they come everybody. Um, But we've been going through as has everybody else uh, on the planet, been going through quite a lot of uncertainty in this moment. Uh, I don't know if many of you know or if you've picked up on, I mean I talk about it a little bit but it's easily missed I guess. Um, Hendrik is an aviation pilot uh, and that industry has taken a huge huge hit with coronavirus putting um, Hendrik out of work until April. So which we have just heard. Um, He works for a travel company and they have cancelled all of their flights until April. So Hendrik and I have been discussing um, how we're going to manage for the next month or so. We don't quite know when this is going to pick up and also we don't quite know um, the the long-term solutions that his company are going to take to try and keep them afloat luckily the government have said they are going to step in which is a good thing but of course as with everybody um we have just been trying to figure out how to manage um and to check that we know what our emergency plans are if it all goes to pot so i apologize for this being a little bit late um, now, what I wanted to mention, I'm not going to talk loads about coronavirus because a lot of people are talking about it. I am in absolutely no way an expert on anything. I had a couple of questions about coronavirus, um, which came through on the Instagram question box, but I'm not going to answer them because I'm really not in a place to answer them. Um, they were more around the medical implications of it with little ones, and I really, 
you know, not many people know. Um, and I would just say if you want to follow anyone on Instagram with medical knowledge, Dr. Zoe Williams, who I met on um, a Lululemon retreat, that Lululemon retreat I went on a while ago that I was invited on last International Women's Day, actually. So over a year ago now, gosh, that time's gone fast. Over a year ago now, um, I met Dr. Zoe Williams and she is very factual on her Instagram and only puts out knowledge. She's actually ill at the moment herself, but um, knowledge that is true. There is a lot of false stuff out there at the moment. Um, So do make sure if you are going by social media-based medical advice, you are following actual doctors. Um, A lot of questions about coronavirus and pregnancy as well. There's been a lot of new information. Of course, the government have said that pregnancy are in high risk. From what I can tell, it's because uh, they just don't know and they have to put this into their um, into their recommendations because if they don't, can you imagine if they don't? So you have to, uh, in my opinion, follow the government guidelines. I am actually, as you probably know, I think I've said this before, I like rules. <laughs> I like being told what to do. I just, especially in this kind of situation, it massively reduces my levels of anxiety. Um, I know what I can and can't do, and I genuinely believe they have our best interests at heart for the world. Um, so follow government guidelines. And I think if you are still in the point of whether believing this is actually happening, then it's happening. It is happening. And whether if you are, and my mum actually said something interesting to me the other day. She had a couple of friends who were just going about their normal lives and we're saying you know coronavirus isn't going to stop us we're healthy we're fit we'll fight it it's not an issue for us we're just we're just gonna not let anything stop us that's not the point that is not the point I can see it firsthand in my village um and I'm sure some of you can as well but I live in a very in an area where I would say the average age is probably 70 I would have thought maybe not but there are a lot of elderly at risk at high high risk people around the village and we're not doing it for ourselves the young the fit the healthy not really even the children we are doing what the government is telling us to do to protect the elderly to protect the sick, to protect the immune deficient. So please, 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 if you are listening and you are questioning yourself as to whether you are going about daily life because you don't think you're going to get it or you will cope perfectly and that's fine, so you're just going to carry on, please remember we're not that the government isn't recommending to do what they recommend to do because of you. They're recommending it because to protect our elderly community and our at-risk community and our pregnant community. Um, That's all I'm going to say. That is all I am going to say. So, Hendrik actually said to me um, the other day, have you just checked out of all of this? And that is something that I do. I don't know if any of you can relate. I've been chatting to a few of you actually on Instagram and I think you guys will definitely be able to relate. You know who I am talking about. Um, If that's you... 
And yeah, I, I tend to check out. This is what I do. If anything really bad happens or if anything that is totally out of my control happens, um, I just check out and I almost just throw my hands up. And I'm just like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'll just do what I'm told. Um, but it seems that I may have checked out of kind of a lot of home life as well, Hendrik was saying. He he just didn't really think that I had been particularly present, which is probably true. And I do find myself walking around the house thinking, I am just really not here in this moment. And I almost think it's my brain, my body's way of protecting me from getting overly anxious and melting down and emotional. I'm not sure. I've, I've talked about it before when my um, father passed away many years ago now when I was 15. I definitely did the same thing then, 100%. Um, and of, of course this isn't, from where I'm standing, um, isn't as emotional for me what's happening. Um, although I say that, you know, until someone very close to me potentially gets coronavirus. Uh, but we're not going to go there. Um I, I still have this level of checkout, it seems, and it seems that this is the way that I deal with things. So if you are listening and you feel like that could be yourself as well, then I would 100% encourage you to talk to people around you on the phone. Um, if no one in your household uh, you can speak to, just because I we don't want to let everything that's happening and our feelings and our emotions around what's happening and potential anxiety that's forming build up and build up and build up and build up. Um, so talk, let's talk about it. But of course, if you don't want to talk about it, then don't talk about it and ask your friends, relatives, if you're calling them um, to talk about something else, if you've had enough, if you've heard enough. And that's going to be enough for me on the topic. It really is. It really is. All I'm going to say, because no one wants to hear about all of this for longer than 10 minutes. <laughs> um, come watch the news. Okay, so what's going on? What's going on with us? We're at home, mostly. Um, actually, that's quite easy for us to be at home, mostly, because um, I was saying to Hendrik, we, we're not big socialisers, actually. I have a few key key people in my life who I like to see and... Um, who I like to spend my time with, and yeah, it's a few. So we, we don't socialise a huge amount. Um, and actually, one thing that I imagine a lot of you are feeling as well is that we, um, Hendrik and I are going to be in each other's space a lot more than usual. And I believe personally that relationships are good when we have our own space. <laughs> And when we have too much, when we're in each other's space too much, things can go a bit, a bit south. Um, so that was actually one thing that Hendrik and I started to talk about. We did not uh, finish talking about it, but just how we were going to kind of get through being on each other's, um, being in each other's space so much and how we feel like we need a bit of an emergency word Um if things are going a little bit too much. Now, I did say that we live in Devon, so we're very lucky and that we can still get outside. And I, oh my gosh, I'm still talking about coronavirus, aren't I? But kind of not really. And there are lots of questions coming through about what to do if you're stuck inside. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of a leading theme, but not necessarily talking about it. I'm just going to talk about the situation that we find ourselves in and 
how we can <laughs> go about it, right? Um, so yeah, we're going to have a safe word <laughs> that if we say it, then we just need to take a big deep breath. That's my theory anyway. I'll let you know if it works. Um, but yeah, we, we're spending a fair, fair bit of time at home and Hendrik said, you know, how are we actually going to figure this out? Amandine is going full level sass. You know, I said in my podcast, not last week, but the week before that she started to become really quite sassy. She has gone full level sass right now. And it is uh, tricky to handle at home. (laughs) Um, So we've been doing lots of walks around the village. Uh, Just, I mean, I say around the village, it's kind of in the woods, really. Lots of little walks just to keep her a little bit occupied. We did a stick man hunt and we actually found a pretty good stick man. I'll share it on my Instagram, but who knew it was so hard to find a real life stick man? If you try and find a real branch that's of course dead already, don't want to go picking it off trees and fallen already. Um, it's actually really, really difficult, but I think we found a pretty good one and we did search a lot of the wood. There are a lot of sticks about right now and every stick of course is stick man to Amaldine, so... The one that we actually found that looks like Stickman, she's not interested in at all, of course. Um, Yeah. But she's loving the word yes. She is absolutely loving the word yes. Says yes to everything. She's just getting to grips with the word no, it appears, yesterday. She was saying no. Excuse me, I don't know why I'm yawning. She was saying no to quite a lot of things yesterday. Um, She won't hold our hand. And Hendrik and I said, especially when we were walking on the pavement and she wouldn't hold our hand and we were just grabbing the back of her jacket, we were thinking, okay, is this just sass? Is this a phase? Is this something we need to address now? Is this, where are we at right now? Um, Is this somewhere, something that we need to really be quite hard on? Uh, Or is she just going about experience everything she's taking on so much more she's really becoming like a parrot so everything you'll say she'll try and say back um she loves saying i know so anytime hendrick or i say i know she just out of the blue goes i know it's very funny so we're at that point in parenting where we're thinking huh is this something we need to address so we don't kind of have terrible twos or is this something that we can just let let go and she will come out the other side of it? Food, we're having had loads of questions on food and how we're doing with food. Yeah, food has taken a turn for the worst. <laughs> she, um, and one of my friends actually said to me that there may well be an 18-month food type thing where they go off certain foods that they've loved. But before I forget, ginger porridge... Amandine wouldn't eat her porridge this morning. We're trying to lay off the peanut butter slightly. She has a lot of peanut butter. And um, we decided to, well, Hendrik decided to put ginger in her porridge and see what happened. So it's just porridge, oat milk, chia seeds and ginger. She loved it. I mean, loved it. And actually, when I tasted it, it really wasn't that bad at all. The ginger, the bitterness of the ginger kind of counteracts with the sweetness of the oat milk. Um, And it was really yummy. She ate three bowls of it. They weren't big bowls at all, but she ate three bowls of it. I made her another porridge, 
um, thinking that, oh, she's never, she's never going to like it. I'll just chop up some pear, mix it in with the porridge. She completely discarded my pear one, um, <laughs> which was rubbish, but it was actually really nice. We ended up adding ginger to the pear one and she ate maybe half of that as well. So she had a lot of porridge this morning. So try it. Try grated ginger in porridge with chia seeds. And also it's a great thing to get ginger into little ones, I think. Um, the other thing is spaghetti with... So this is a French recipe from a French recipe book that Hendrik has. It is um, shredded carrot, shredded ginger, spaghetti, coconut milk and bean sprouts. Basically, you cook the spaghetti and then mix the other bits all together in a pan so you're kind of creating a bit of a sauce and then put the spaghetti in and just mix it all together. That is possibly her favourite meal of all time. Um, did I say it had ginger? I think I just said it had ginger, but it has lots of ginger in it. And she loves it. So fairly confident with ginger porridge, but honestly, I didn't I didn't think she would like it. My sister eats ginger porridge. Um, she swears by it. She loves that. So Amandine's not the only odd one <laughs> having ginger in your porridge. Let me know if you have ginger in your porridge. Um, but yes, try it. Try it, try it, try it. So, but other than other than ginger porridge, um, she's gone off kind of the sweet potato curry that was always a staple. She likes her risotto. She likes, obviously, peanut butter on toast. Any form of bread she's loving right now. Uh, cream cheese, cheese, loves cheese. What else? Yogurt. Yeah, she's gone off blueberries, unless they're in my smoothie. She's gone off blueberries. She likes raspberries, but again, she's a bit picky. Uh, Gone off oranges, which I never thought would be possible, but she's gone off oranges. We're laying off the the organics gingerbread men. (laughs) I don't know if you've come across these yet, but they are literally our number one go-to snack. And they are... I mean, they're not gingery enough for me, but they're really yummy, and Amandine loves them. And it was kind of just our go-to. So if we went out and she was kicking up a fuss, this is totally the... I don't know. I don't know. I say it's totally the wrong way to handle it, but maybe it's not. I have no idea. Um, I'd give her a gingerbread. If we were all having a snack, that's what she would have. Anyway, she's on the gingerbread come down, I think, because we haven't given her a gingerbread for a good few days now in the hope that <laughs> we'll curb the addiction. <laughs> curb the addiction slightly. Um... Yeah, so hopefully she'll come out the other side of this food thing, but veggies are basically a non-starter right now. And she just is really enjoying being really picky. And I'll make her something. So we're laying off snacks as well. So, I I mean, I am just saying we're taking out the gingerbread, but we are actually laying off snacks. So we're doing breakfast, trying not to give her a morning snack. Lunch, again, no afternoon snack. And I've been going for fruit, and if she hasn't wanted fruit, then I've been just saying, okay, well, no snack then. Um, I feel like if she was hungry, she'd eat the fruit, and she probably isn't that hungry. So, that's the food. Lots of you asked about the rash. The rash went, the rash literally lasted, I don't know, uh, 36 hours, if that. Yeah, 36, no, no, it was 36 hours, about 36 hours. Didn't need to give her anything for it. She was fine. Um, She didn't... Well, she had a tiny temperature, but it wasn't... um, Certainly wasn't anything like what we could potentially be dealing with with coronavirus. So a couple of breastfeeding-related questions. Um, 
baby just turned three months. These are questions from you guys. Baby just turned three months. Pulling off and on when feeding. Any tips on uh, distraction? Yeah, so Amandine did exactly the same thing where I just couldn't breastfeed her anywhere where there was a distraction. So in the end, we managed to curb it a little bit by going up into her nursery. I would draw down the blind, I think. Would I? Sometimes. I think I would sometimes. Draw down the blind to just make it a little bit uh, cosier and a bit darker so she could just relax. And then I would just breastfeed in peace. So no iPads, no phones, no books, no nothing that would make her distracted. I would just sit there focusing on Amandine. And eventually I was able to go back to feeding with other people around um, and uh, distraction. Some some things that I was reading at that time were saying, well, if they're that distracted, uh, do they necessarily need it? But I personally didn't follow it any of that advice because I feel like at three months if they are asking for the boob then they need it and you know they are just being distracted so try going up into a room by yourself and just sitting with uh, your little one so another question did a ever bite babies three months with no teeth but they're starting to bite so she did start to bite she did start to bite towards the end of our breastfeeding journey um Oh no, she didn't. She started to bite a bit earlier than that, actually. A bit earlier than that. Again, we're not. We're definitely not talking three months early, but maybe your three-month-old perhaps is, if they are pulling on and off, um, they're kind of desperate to get back on and perhaps that's why they're biting. So maybe the going into a slightly darkened room and no distractions may well help with that as well. But when Amandine did start biting, um, I did just take her off, put her back on, a little bit of a please don't do that face. <laughs> and then when she got a bit older and was doing it, she would look to my face for a reaction. And that's what I wasn't too keen on because she knew she was getting a reaction out of me. So she eventually just stopped, actually. I think it was I think it was a little bit to do with the teething as well. It probably felt quite nice on her gums biting down. Uh, and also I tried to stop giving her my, there was a point where Hendrik and I would give her our knuckle or something to bite down on for her gums and she was teething. I stopped doing that and actually gave her like proper teethers because I felt like, well, if, if she's getting used to the knuckle, then maybe that feels a bit like the nipple. I don't know. Um, and so do, so give that a try perhaps. Um, but message me again if, you're struggling and I will uh, I'll put it out there and see if anyone else has any more information on it um but try the try the no distractions I reckon that will really help when did you make the transition from two naps to one nap I think it was around 14 months I think it was around the time I stopped breastfeeding Amandine went from kind of going it was it was it was quite progressional I guess actually um kind of went from one day she'd have one nap then she'd have two naps for two or three days then she'd have one nap and it was almost like the one nap was a bit of an accident we'd miss out on the morning nap because we'd be in the car and she wouldn't fall asleep or something like that and then she we'd put her down for a really big one nap and then that would be all that she needed we kept oh my gosh I can't even remember you guys probably know this better than me if you're listening to the podcast weekly uh I think we kept the morning nap so afternoon nap was always tricky. Yeah, we kept we kept the morning nap. I'm sure we kept the morning nap. Um, and then went down to one nap. So 
the one naps the one nap time also gradually changed so I think when we were still doing the morning nap and then the afternoon nap that one nap in the afternoon would be quite late or after lunch and it's still after lunch but lunch is just a little bit earlier so uh, she goes to bed between 12 30 and about one now um now yeah but do it slowly if that's what your little one is asking for uh work quite well for us just doing it nice and slowly uh, i love hearing what a is doing developmentally my boy is just behind her in eight. Oh, cute yeah i mean um amandine's language i think they're also different isn't it i've had lots of people message in saying oh i'm i'm a bit worried my little one isn't speaking and amandine's speaking loads Yes, she is speaking, but she didn't walk for ages. And I really do believe that they put their focus into something and then, you know, they, they focus on that. Like, Amandine would sit in the room and just take it all in. She had really no interest in moving and took a lot of encouragement. So it really interests me, actually, to kind of know babies at the same age as Amandine, how they are all doing and what points they're at and... Um, for instance, my one of my closest friends has a little boy who's a month older than Amandine and he's not really talking so much. Uh, he's not kind of putting words together or um, repeating other than kind of animal noises. I think I'm right in saying that. And uh, some animal names. And of course, mum mum and dad. But he walked super early. Well, not super early. He walked at a year. But, I mean, Amandine is 18 months and she only really started walking a couple of weeks before 18 months so i i think the developmental thing is really interesting with kiddos and how they just focus on on something um so yeah amandine is saying a few different well she's saying, saying quite a lot of different words and of course doing that par- parroting that i was talking about earlier um Hendrik is being Hendrik and teaching her words that, that begin with a I can't <laughs> that really doesn't make much sense does it I really don't want to say it on my podcast um <laughs> so he's teaching her naughty words let's just put it like that teaching her naughty words and then she did actually say the f word just repeating it back to Hendrik uh, and that's where I stepped in and was like no 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 nope 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 because this could spiral out of control very, very quickly. <laughs> so developmentally, she is um, yeah, doing lots with her language at the moment, lots with her sass at the moment, and really walking quite a lot now, which is really lovely to see. She's not running yet. We went to go and see a paediatric osteopath which was good. It was good to see that there is obviously nothing they can do when they're so young, but it was really nice to have another set of eyes on Amandine, uh, apart from mine. And she did say, you know, come back in a couple of weeks, we'll see if it's gotten any worse. Whether we'll do that or not because of the C word, um, I I don't know. But at least I it put my mind at ease in that she is pronating slightly more than normal. So the osteopath thinks and but it's not stopping her from walking at all she doesn't seem to be she is still grabbing her foot a little bit and saying pew but I think she's actually turned it into a game so we're never really sure if she is actually hurting or if it is just her saying that saying pew because she giggles when you go and have a look at her pew and her 
Pied is French for foot. I'm not just saying a made-up word for a foot. Okay, more questions, more questions. I'm really, really waffling. I'm really sorry. Okay, uh, what to do with a one-year-old if you're stuck at home with no garden? Oh my gosh, get the book The Five Minute Mum has written. It's so good. I had her on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. If you listened, hopefully you were inspired a little bit, but seriously, get the book. I am looking at that book every day, looking for ideas, looking if I need to go and grab anything from... Luckily, our garden centre has an amazing arts and crafts section. So have really get that book i would highly recommend it or go on her blog if you don't want to spend any money and her blog has lots and lots of really great stuff on there as well what else to do baking we love baking um so bake some cookies lots of good low sugar recipes on sr nutrition's blog charlotte sterling reed's blog look uh, for just general low sugary stuff or just cut down the sugar yourself if you want your kiddos to eat them or make them with your kids and then have adults, <laughs> adult treats I'm not sure you can do that possibly past Amandine's age <laughs> because she doesn't necessarily know if she's not eating what she baked but that's a bit mean isn't it <laughs> that is a bit mean I have just bought cornflakes and oh my gosh I love cornflake cakes because we have a stickman activity book I shared it on my Instagram a while ago it's just from Amazon and in there there are little Easter cakes that you can make you know the cornflake cakes covered in chocolate and golden syrup and eggs and I figured a few little bits of those not uh, the whole cake obviously but a few little crispy bits would be fine for Amandine it's dark chocolate too so it's not it's not it's not bad but yes try and there are so many people coming out on instagram right now looking at sharing lots of games lots of things to do um for a wide variety of ranges age ranges and i would also say i got really stressed when i was at home with amandine about her being bored and making things to do and but it really is just the simplest stuff like even if you've got stuff to do at home like laundry or cleaning or you know just the stuff that everyone has to do is flipping boring um try and get them involved in it maybe wear your little one in the sling and do the laundry or if you're cleaning one thing that Amandine loves is I'll give her a little duster pad same as my duster pad and she'll just help me Um, and she really enjoys it she just copies me and she really enjoys it try that maybe rearrange their games maybe create like a little Montessori section um read books stickers Amandine loves stickers do that trapeze thing that I shared from the five minute mum uh where you tie a bit of string up to a high point in your house and then put it onto a chair so there's a you know a trapeze line hang favorite teddies onto hangers and then send them down the trapeze line. Amandine loves that too. So you could give that a go as well. But there are loads of loads of things being shared at the moment. So do use social media for the positive and uh, have a look at those. What else? Um, oh, this is an interesting question. I'm worried how having a second baby might upset this upset this current balance we have. What are your thoughts? Uh, what are my thoughts what are my thoughts yeah I think we would be naive to think that the balance wouldn't change uh I guess it depends what your kind of balance is now and and um how you feel about it and 
I, you know, having, bringing in another child is, you know, definitely going to be more work. Hendrik has often accused me of being naive. Because <laughs> I've said so many times, especially if we had them close together, our little ones, which isn't really happening right now. But um, I'll come on to that in a minute. I'll just say, oh, you know, it's just, we just do this, the same things. It's just two nappies instead of one. And uh, they'll play with each other. They'll entertain each other. <laughs> and Hendrik's like, yeah, but not until they're probably four, three or four. But I don't know. I see lots of families with twins and sit- the little ones are sitting together. They're playing together. It's really, really cute. Um, I guess it just, it, it's just both of you knowing that things will change. But in my opinion, it's going to change so much for the better. So much more love, so much more joy, so much busier, but I like being busy, and just fun. I've always thought of big families just being really, really fun. Really, really hard. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Really, really hard, but also really, really fun. Uh, but yes, I think, you know, going into it, knowing that your balance is going to change a little bit, is definitely sensible, <laughs> because... It will. And on the topic of... Because I have other questions about conceiving, so I might as well just go straight on to that. I got my period again a couple of days ago, which is frustrating. So we are not pregnant again. We're still struggling. Uh, However, I have been working off like a 35 very random day cycle and I'm now back down to a 26-day cycle. I was not expecting my period at all. And I have a 26-day cycle. So I'm really hoping that is meaning that things are coming back on track. And this time is the time. <laughs> this next time will be the time. I've been using ovulation sticks. don't know if anyone else has found this. But the ovulation sticks had me peak fertility about three days before my period. So I registered maybe five, six days of high fertility and then peak fertility for two days after. Uh, yeah, like literally two days before my period. So when I got my period, I was like, what on earth is going on here? So who knows? Who knows what's going on? But it did add up to a 26-day cycle, which is way more normal. So I'm just really, really hoping that things are just getting back to normal and we're all okay. My doctor is amazing at this kind of stuff. She is, this is kind of her passion. Um, so it's really sad that I can't check in with her, really. I mean, they're so overrun, aren't they? There's just no way I'm going to um, put all of this onto my GP right now. So we will just keep doing what we're doing and just hope that my body is uh, will receive it at some point. <laughs> Okay, right, uh, two more questions. Could you share your top tips on stopping breastfeeding my little one is 14 months old out? Woohoo! Okay, so, top tips. Ooh, top tips. Um, I let myself get really, really engorged to the point that was incredibly painful. Uh, I would highly suggest looking into maybe reading up a little bit about um, expressing to ease the pressure. I didn't. It was really odd because I didn't feel like I needed to. And then I felt like I got past the point of expressing. And so I, um, yeah, I just didn't because I didn't want to take like a backward step, but actually it's probably better. 
if you do express a little. Also, we kind of just went cold turkey with Amaldine because she just didn't want it anymore. So instead of doing... Uh, I dropped a feed and then we kept a couple of feeds on. And then um, I dropped the two last feeds within days of each other. Not what I would recommend. I would highly recommend dropping a feed at a time with a good few weeks in between. So, yeah, I dropped the initial feed and then, you know, we went for ages. And then I dropped uh, I dropped literally within a couple of days of each other. So try dropping one one week and then giving a couple of days. So you're... So you're the least, the one that you feel like your little one least desires, because I feel like at 14 months, they want the comfort as well, so we kept the night feed on for a really long time, not the night-night feed, but the before-bed feed, going to bed, and then just one day she didn't want it, so we're like, okay, well, we'll roll with it, and we did, but possibly shouldn't have, even if she was hardly taking anything, and possibly shouldn't have, because I think that's what really hurt my boobs. Although mentally wise, it was um, it was good knowing that I'd never had a last feed, because I didn't I didn't think right. I'm going to stop on Thursday. That's going to be my last ever feed. I'm going to really enjoy it. I fed her. I didn't know it was going to be my last feed, and then she just didn't really want it the next day. So I was like, oh, okay. We're here now, are we? Okay, fine. Uh, yeah. So I think that's my advice. Do it slowly if you can. If your little one will let you, do it nice and slowly. One feed at one drop, one feed at a time, with a good couple of weeks in between. I think your baby will thank you, and your boobs will definitely thank you. So that's my advice. Loads to read up on it online, though. Lots and lots and lots to read up. But I'm sure you've done that already. Okay, chickenpox vaccine, are you getting it done? I'm not sure what to do. No, I don't think we are. Uh, I have a friend, a medical friend, and I asked her if she is going to do it. And I think, I think I'm right in saying, definitely do your own research, of course, but I think I'm right in saying it hasn't been around long enough to know whether it stays throughout your whole life. So you have it as a kiddo. I think you have two jabs, don't you? I think um, as a kiddo, and then because it hasn't been around long enough, they don't know whether it's then possible for you to get chickenpox in adult life. And we all know that getting chickenpox in adult life is a lot nastier than if you have it, and could be a lot more long-lasting, dangerous effects if you have it uh, as an adult. So I am not going to give it to Amaldine. We are not going to give Amaldine the chickenpox vaccine at the moment, unless any new research comes out saying they are definite that the vaccine stays with you throughout your entire life. Because I would hate to give it to make that decision, and then at, you know, I don't know, 60, she gets chickenpox, followed by shingles. And then she's, you know, I won't be around then, but imagine if she then said to you, why don't you just let me get chickenpox and then I wouldn't be ill? Uh, that's that's my theory because at least now they don't remember I have one scar on my shoulder from a chicken pox that I picked and it's the tiniest of scars you wouldn't even know but that's the only thing I remember of it um so I kind of feel like let's just do it and get it out of the way and on that note I am going to bring this recording to a 
halt because thank you for staying with me through my waffle. Um, I hope this has been an interesting series for me. Like I said at the beginning, I hope you've been able to take something away from it. I will be back, I am sure, in the next couple of weeks with a bonus podcast, hopefully with Hendrik on. Um, So stick with me. Let me know. I will be on social media on Mumtop Podcast a lot more and on Emma Jaland, so please just go over to there and follow those. I'm going to be asking you guys who you want to hear from, what you want to hear about, and we can create a really brilliant, knowledge-filled Series 7. Thank you so, so much for listening. I appreciate all of you listening and all of you letting me know what you want to hear about. Sending you all lots and lots of love. We can all get through the next few months. We absolutely can. Stay in contact. Please message. We can chat. There's this great little thing on uh, Instagram dms things where you can record your response. So it's like talking. Um, so we can chat with each other over DM so please 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 stay in contact and I will check in with you guys very very soon lots and lots of love and thank you again for listening